episode 53 with Derek Thiessen on the Nine Point Start the Dream podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have Derek Thiessen. He is the founder of The Daily Athlete. And one thing that stuck out for me when, when Derek was talking was he asked this question. He said, what will the avid version of yourself do today? You know, and and don't do the average. And it sounds so simple, but it's true, though. Like, like I look at myself and I think, what, what would an average day be like? And, and, and have, I, have I done the average? And I think we can all reflect on that just on what, on not being average on not just showing up but showing up with a purpose showing up with an intention to to get better at something or to achieve a goal and Derek's really big on that he has some great great resources and some great value through his journey and his story so hope you enjoy and check out the daily athlete all right Derek quest ask everyone that comes on is when you're younger than an athlete what's one of your bigger dreams of goals you want to achieve you know when I was growing up um I, I played a lot of sports because of, you know, my parents played sports. And so I think that was a big influence on me uh, as term, in terms of just what made me want to achieve more than athlete. What made me want to improve was, you know, really there was a part of it where I admired how they were as, a, as athletes, what they learned from being athletes and the stories they told about being athletes in their younger years. And, you know, when I when I looked on, looked at that, I, I realized how much they learned from that, and I think they did a good job of instilling that the, you know, the experiences that you gain from from being an athlete. And so, as I grew up and as I got older, I just started to realize the how valuable the experiences were, whether it was on a team sport, an individual sport. Um, I really wanted to be able to look back uh, at my sports experiences and say I, I learned something, and you know that was something. I developed earlier on when I was, you know, in in, uh, in middle school in my uh, in my early teens, and then as I got older into into university, it was something I, I thought about going forward. Was, you know, what am I learning as I'm going along? You know, not just am I performing well, am I am I playing well, but are the experiences that I'm having, are the the wins, the losses, the the friendships, the you know, the love and 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 family that I felt with my teammates was that teaching me something that I could take with me going forward. And so, you know, for me, I, I think that's a, a big part of it is just having that, uh, that sense of no matter what you're going through, that you're, you're learning something. And so that's, it started young, but it, it really carried with me, you know, through, through my years of playing volleyball, then also even after, after graduating. So, so, so you, you kind of had a deep thought into, into the game. You know, it it wasn't just like juice boxes and and you know and just running around. It was like, all right, what can I develop from from sports? Yeah, for sure. No, I think there was always this um, kind of question of, of why am I doing this or or what's the reason? It wasn't just a, a strictly, uh, you know, I want to be good or I want I want to perform well or I want to win. Like that was obviously always a part of it. But there was uh, there was this reflection in in what I was doing and and why I was doing it. And, you know, this is a big part of why, you know, when I was in high school, I, w- I played both volleyball and basketball and, and grew up heavily playing basketball. Was, that's what my parents played, and they, and they pushed me a lot towards that and really wanted me to succeed. And then as I got older, I, I discovered volleyball and, and really enjoyed that, you know, as well. 
And I think part of the reason I leaned more towards volleyball uh, over the years and as I got older was just this, uh, this curiosity within this and the, the fun aspect of it. I really enjoyed it. It was just a lot more of a, a um, exciting experience, whether it was the teammates I was with or the coaches that I had. They just instilled a different kind of um, playing style in me. And so I think that's ultimately why I look back on it is that, you know, basketball – it was good for me. I learned a lot from it and, and it made me a more well-rounded athlete, a good jumper and all these things. Um, but uh, sometimes I look at the environment that I was in and this kind of hostile coaching that I sometimes experienced, I didn't respond as well to that. And when I looked at what the coaching I was getting in volleyball, it was a little bit more chill, a little more laid back. Um, you know, it, and I think that's a product of the two sports. Like basketball is always a, you know, moving, 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 always constant. Whereas volleyball, it's point is scored, time to reflect. Point is scored, time to reflect. There's a lot more, you know, there's emotion still involved in it, but there's this more methodical approach to it. And so I think, you know, when I look back, maybe that's a reflection of, of how I think and why I was gra- I gravitated towards it, for sure. So kind of going on that, so growing up in, you're what, from, was it Edmonton? What part of Canada? Vancouver. Vancouver. So Vancouver, is it, was volleyball more of just, the sport to really kind of fall into like basketball and volleyball, like the, the two sports that really kind of play in the culture or, the, or hockey, I guess. Yeah. I mean, most people like in our area, most people start with soccer to kind of kick things off. No pun intended, but like, you know, that's what, that's where they, they start. Right. It, it's just cause it's an easy sport to throw kids into. They just run around and kick the ball and it's fine. Um, whereas yeah, volleyball doesn't really come into the picture until, you know, around, 12, 13 years old, just because it's a more complicated sport for, for younger athletes. And, um, but yeah, basketball and soccer are definitely early on sports and, and big in the area. Um, and yeah, basketball is, is really big out in Vancouver and, and it's still growing all the time. There's, there's tons of new, you know, clubs growing or pulling up in there and the, and the high school scene is, is really competitive, but, uh, volleyball over the past decade or so is, has definitely been growing and getting more popular and, uh, just volleyball in general in Canada is growing and, and there's a lot more athletes that are going on to, you know, start out in high school or starting on high school, just interested in the sport and realizing there's potential to go play professionally overseas to play for the national team and, and really good careers that you can have. Um, you know, I know a ton of people that I played with in, in university and family that I have or uh, friends that I have that are playing currently overseas right now. And so they're, they're doing really well with it. So I think there, there's a, a growing number of players that may have gravitated towards basketball that are are uh, are starting to lean towards volleyball and, and realizing that their their height and their jumps can be used elsewhere. There, there's a lot of y'all overseas. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm, 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 I met a few through the, through the whole nine point um like make um blog and stuff, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of Canadians that are playing volleyball overseas right now. Yeah, man. There's a whole there's a whole group of us out here. Yeah, squad squad goals. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, so once you kind of realize, you know, volleyball was kind of like your your realm, your area of expertise that you just felt comfortable. How did you start going about saying, "All right, I want to pursue this to the at the next level besides high school"? Uh, well, that's where it really came down. It was a pretty simple decision. It was how am I going to spend my summers? Um, where am I going to spend my time there? Because it was, you know, volleyball uh, season in high school and, and basketball season they didn't overlap, so there was no conflict of interest there. Um, and so I was able to do both easily, but then when it came to, 
the additional stuff like the the camps that I would go to the the playing for the provincial teams we had those like so every province has their own uh, best players playing for that province and so it was uh, a decision of do I want to try and do that for basketball or do I want to try and do that for volleyball and uh, part of it was I think I had more success with volleyball so I you know I started to just shift towards it I was having a bit more recognition and maybe partially because the pool was smaller there wasn't as many uh, people to compete with to be honest <laughs> uh, but you know as I as I grew up play or you know push more towards that I started to see more success and I really think that that built on it right like that that success that you see it builds that motivation to want to do better it builds that self-efficacy that belief that you know you you did something before and you can do it again and, and I saw that more in uh, volleyball and I definitely felt there was more um, belief from the coaches and from my teammates in that regard and so I think that was really what it came down to in terms of the decision was which am I going to commit to tomorrow in the summers when I'm not in, in, uh, in school. Going back on that belief how much like you said it impact on you having having your friends and your coaches believe in you how much did that really help give you the, the confidence to say, I can keep pursuing this? Oh, a ton. That's, that's huge. That, that belief, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we need, we need external and internal motivators and we need that stuff to rely on internal if we can, but to have that external stuff, those people outside of you, your parents, your friends to, to believe in you, to get things started as a reminder of, you know, that you are good, that you, you do have the ability like that, that creates that self-confidence and that self-belief. And so it's, it, it creates that path so that over time, you know, you can bring it back more on yourself and say that I, I, my belief isn't just something that's imposed by others that I'm good. It's, it's something that I, I truly, uh, believe in something that I, I know is true to to me and so that's that's a big part of it so those don't when, when you didn't have that when you didn't have the external you know where it was like Derek had to depend on Derek to really push himself to be the best version of himself what was that like how, how did you manage to be your biggest cheerleader for yourself sometimes um I mean, this is, I mean, to be honest, this is something I struggled with. This is something when I look back on my career, I wasn't as good at. I, I sometimes relied too much on, um, on what, other, what other people told me or what I, I needed the validation of others to say that I could go for something, that I could do something. And it's something I still struggle with today. And I think it's a lot of, for a lot of us, right? We need that external validation. We need someone's permission to say that, hey, you can do this. And it's, uh, it's frustrating to, to, to still struggle with the day, but I recognize that it's something I'm trying to improve every day. And it's something we can all work on that, you know, we, at the end of the day, yeah, you can have some indicators outside of you to say, are oh, you on the right track? You're doing the right things. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to decide if you want to pursue something. It's up to you to decide, are you going to keep pushing yourself when nobody's watching? Like that's when we rely too heavily on the external motivators uh, you know, we're not able to properly answer that question of why are you doing this when the pain hits, right? When the, when the difficulty strikes. And that's for me, like I, when I was in my senior year in, in high school, I tore my ACL. And so, you know, you know what that's like. It's, it's, it's a long road to recovery. And I had people, you know, helping me along the way. I had, I had therapists and, and like, like 
physical, physical therapists and, and, you know, my parents support helping me along the way and my teammates. And luckily I had already signed to my university. So I, I, I was still able to go there and I was able to rehab there. But I look back sometimes at my rehab process even, and I wasn't as internally motivated as I need to be. One of those times where I, you have to do those really tedious exercises that are repetitive. And, yeah. Yeah. Like those, those, beat you down because they're just they seem so insignificant but they matter a lot and you have to do them over and over and over and when I you know I didn't have that necessarily that internal fire that internal reason for what I'm doing or where is this going and um, you know I had a vague idea of, of what I wanted and I wanted to be successful and I wanted to to be a, a really good volleyball player and play for the national team but those were just sort of um loose ideas are just not not very specific and not very uh actionable i guess you could say in some ways and so yeah when i when i look back on that it was definitely a um a disconnect between um between the two i can relate to that i think what i remember like when i was in college and how time to run track i always asked for feedback after every run mm-hmm. and, I, and i remember i had a coach say like he's like just run you know, if there's nothing we want to talk about, I'll I'll let you know. Or and like when you start needing that, like you're saying, that extra feedback every time, it just it, it stops you from actually internalizing what you can do better yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, it hinders your like ability to self-diagnose, right? Like if you're always relying on other people to tell you, hey, this is what you did wrong, or this is what you could do better, this is this is fine. If you're always dependent on that. When, yeah, again, when nobody's there with you, when you're in the weight room by yourself or when you're doing reps on your own or when you have this own internal battle going on in the, in the middle of the game, uh, you, you don't have anyone to, to say, or no one can read your mind. So it's, you have to practice that uh, when, when the time is there. And, and that starts with not relying too much on, on external feedback. Definitely. So, so you're in university. You know, you come from the ACL. You, you're kind of bounced back. How was that journey for you? That was definitely tough. Like it went, it didn't go as well as, you know, they always, you know, they say, what is it like six to eight months recovery. And I was optimistic. I was on the, oh yeah, six months, like max. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be jumping back where I was before, touching as high as I was before. Uh, And then I think it was around seven or eight months rolls by and I'm going up to do a serve a jump serve and I, my knee feels off. My knee feels weird. It doesn't feel right. And I just, I can like, I don't remember a ton of moments in my life, but you know, I can, there's certain things that stick with me more than others, but that feeling of just like, this is not, this is not going the way it's supposed to. And I just, I can, I can remember how, like, how I physically felt in that moment just now, like thinking about it. And it was just this, this is, it felt so hopeless and you know, I think that's definitely a part of the the recovery from injury. And that's one of those things where it's when you can become aware of like how you're going to feel, like being almost like doing um, a pre, like a, people often do like a post-mortem, like after uh, an event happens or you do like an after action report, you think about, okay, what could be done better and all that. And that's useful, but sometimes it's useful to do almost like a pre-mortem, like before uh, things are going to happen. What's the obstacles you can anticipate? What's the, the potential struggles you're going to face, the pain you're going to experience? When you can actually go ahead in time and think about that, you don't get so rattled when things don't go according to plan and 
things don't go the way you think they're going to. And it's a, uh, it's a practice to think that way. And some people might call it pessimistic, but I think it's just being realistic about the way the nature of the world that sometimes there's things out of your control that you can't determine. You can't always, things don't always go your way. And so it's uh, an appreciation for when they do go well, but then uh, an understanding that sometimes they don't. Yeah. And when they don't, it hits you hard. If you're not ready for it. Kind of for me, yeah. I, have, I have that same feeling. Having that mindset of knowing that I'm not fully ready, but I know I still want to pursue this. How did, how did you kind of, again, go back to having that internal motivation to keep going that it wasn't external kind of pushing you forward, but the internal. Um, well, a big part of it was the, the, again, like, I mean, it was an internal aspect of wanting to be around this team and wanting to be around this group. Um, so it, like, it's a bit of both cause I was motivated by this awesome group of guys that I was around. Like I love my teammates. I love my coach. I love this program. I love the school, all these things. So in a sense, it was those external things, but it's the internal motivation of not wanting to lose those, uh, of wanting to be a part of that and valuing that. And, you know, making that a priority and investing myself in that more than in volleyball. And there's, there's a pro there's pros and cons to that because if you invest too heavily in just being the relationship guy, the communication guy, the, the fun loving guy, you don't make room necessarily for the uh, let's get it done kind of attitude. The, you know, I'm going to call you out on this, what you're doing or, you know, that, that element of uh, being a part of a team where you have to, have sort of some tough love sometimes you have to uh you know really get beyond just the i'm going to treat you super nice because I, I love you as a teammate there's sometimes where you have to be a bit more competitive and so um I, I look back on that and and think that there the internal motivation was still to get back to where i was and at that stage i was still internally motivated enough to want to make the the junior national team, um, and in which I was I was fortunate enough to make that afterwards, and that was a big part of it, and that was, uh, you know, a, a big accomplishment for me to come back from that. But then there was still future things that were uh, were down the line. But I think uh, I got a little too ahead of myself sometimes in terms of, or almost even just like complacent, where it's like if uh, I would just like well by the time i'm this age then my uh then i'll be a starter or by the time i'm in my you know my my last year then on my there'll be a starting spot for me and it was never this uh you know okay well if even if i am gonna have to wait for my starting spot to be open what am i doing now that's preparing me for that and i feel like i wasn't necessarily considering that like what are the, the steps i need to be doing and so this is where i i think there was i had internal motivation but it wasn't consistent is a big part of it looking back right and saying like how did how did your journey ultimately end when it comes to the university and just ultimately the big picture goal for you yeah so this is where you know like a lot of the things i do now uh where all this stems from is that you know when i ultimately did graduate from university in, in my my final year where this place where I thought I would be, that I would be the starter, I would be the, one of the star players, you know, going in when, at the beginning of my journey, I, I thought these things and I ended up 
being essentially starting or sharing my starting position with someone who was three or four years younger than me. I think he was a, was he was the second year going in, in university and he ended up being ended up being a really great player you know in the following years but I ended up losing my starting position to him most of the time and really struggling to reach that goal that I wanted to be you know one of the best players in the country and and to play on the national team and I just wasn't at that level to do that and you know there's I can point to injuries all I want. I can point to that my knees were, were wearing down over the years and there was things with my meniscus as well. And that'll always be there as, you know, crutches in a sense to rely on. But I, I know deep down when I look back that there were things I could have done differently from the mindset wise that could have made a big difference. And, you know, when I look, uh, you know, I, I look back at the, some of the teammates that I had and some of them I played with on the junior national team and some that played on my university team, many of them, you know, we were similar stature, similar size, similar experiences, uh, all the same opportunities, you know, similar coaching, some, you know, all, we were working in the same weight room, all these different things. Yet post-university, they went on to play pro and they went on to even play for the national team. And, you know, I, there's a very distinct moment for me of watching some of them, play at the 2016 Olympics, watching them in Rio, these guys that were my age, all these like very similar people to me, yet I'm sitting on the couch and they're at the Olympics. And I couldn't help but sort of just think like, what happened? Like, where did I go wrong? And, and this has really led me down this path of self-reflection and, and got me thinking about some of the stuff I've already talked about so far and just this, what could I have done better? And what could I have done to avoid that fate? And, I wrote this article about this talking about some of the ways that I, I failed and, and some of the things I really could have done better. And I, I wrote that both as a form of self-reflection for me, but then also as a, as a lesson for athletes. And, you know, there's a number of different things that I, I know I could have, you know, I could have done better, whether that's, you know, my, per, I put a way too much pressure on myself at times, but then there were certain times where I didn't put enough pressure and I couldn't find that equal balance or, you know, I didn't seek out help from others or I, there's all these different things that I could have done better. But the biggest one I point to and I, I think about the most is that I never really set specific and actionable goals. Like I had, again, I said I had these vague ideas of, yeah, national team, um, being a starter, but there was never really much else beyond that. It was kind of just like, well, that would be nice. That would be meaningful. Or this is, you know, that, that would be cool. But there was never a, a reason for it. There was never like, why is that important to me? What does that, what does that mean to me? And then, how am I going to get there? And that has really fueled me, you know, to where I'm at now. And that's, that's what drives a lot of what I do is using the, the pain that I have of the regret, to be honest, like the, the regret is, is how I feel about it is I, I didn't maximize my potential. There was this, there was this version of me within me that could have done more. There was this, you know, like there was this, this, this other Derek out there in, you know, some alternate universe who, who went on to, to do those things that were possible that he was physically capable of, but I had the, the body to do the opportunities to do, you know, I had a lot of the, I was fortunate to have a lot of these things and this version of me didn't, didn't utilize those opportunities. And so when I, when I look back on that, I, I that fuels me because I, I don't want other athletes to experience that. And that fuels me even what I do now with, with my businesses, I want to be able to look back and say that I made the most of my daily opportunities and my, uh, you know, my 
the things that present themselves to me or the struggles and the, the highs and the lows, am I always taking a chance to, you know, reflect on those and, and be present with that kind of stuff? You know, I love that because, because we, we all, I don't know, just having that feeling of regret of thinking of a thing, other athletes and something that you love and you're like, man, I could have been right there. They aren't, they aren't necessarily better than me. Maybe, maybe like, like in your case, whatever, like you're talking about how they just have maybe, maybe like that mental edge to push themselves a little bit harder. So, mm-hmm. so when it comes to you with it, with, with the daily athlete, what can athletes really gain and gather from having that journal? Yeah. So the journal is at the end of the day is the physical manifestation of a lot of the ideas that I talk about. And those really start from a big picture perspective. So, you know, what I talk about when I, whether I'm doing working with teams or working one-on-one with someone or, uh, you know, doing some sort of presentation is I share these ideas of having something big picture. So, at the, you know, if you want to think about this in a, sort of like a pyramid at the top, you have uh, your values. And so the values to me are so important because a lot of times people pursue things and pursue values that they think will, they'll find meaningful. They pursue things that, uh, you know, that they believe if I achieve this, then I'll be happy. Or if I'm doing these things, then I'll, I'll, then my life will be fulfilled. And there's countless examples of, you know, whether it's athletes or businesses uh, that have said they believe and want one thing and then do the opposite or achieve something they think, you know, there's examples of people winning championships thinking that, you know, that Kevin Durant is the classic example of someone who thought winning a championship and winning was all that mattered. That's what he valued when he ended up going to Oklahoma or not leaving Oklahoma to go to Golden state. He ended up, you know, winning that championship, but he later admitted that he still felt like there was a void in his life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I obviously don't know him personally. I can't, that's just a, minimal assumption of his interview and stuff but i think we can all relate to that because there's been times where we've pursued something or or thought that you know whether it's something material that we owned or uh, winning something we thought that that would be the thing that gave us meaning but what really gives us meaning where we really find our values are in our past experiences right so whether it's times when we overcame adversity or joyful moments where you know like the little things that spark joy like those things are what we find value in, right? Whether it's moments where we fought back for me, like I fought back from an injury, like, and so there's the perseverance aspect of it. There's the staying positive. There's the, uh, you know, those things are where values show themselves. And so that's one of the biggest things I really encourage people to do first is establish their, their core values, their personal values that are really, you know, self-defined and not brought on from other people. So it's about establishing that and using those to, have more value-based decisions, right? So you're you're doing things that align with what you value and it gives more meaning to even the tasks you don't necessarily want to do. Like, for example, you know, my wife appreciates having a clean house and she appreciates the dishes being done and she appreciates, you know, having these things and I don't care for them as much, but I love my wife. I love our relationship. I love uh, that aspect of it. I don't want to affect that. I don't want to hurt that. So I do the dishes. I do the things I don't necessarily want to do. Attaboy, attaboy. <laughs> it's hard, you know, it's challenging. And there's times where, you know, I'd rather just sit around and, you know, 
like live in my filth a bit, but you know, I, I, we live in the common space together and I need to respect that. And she knows that too. Like she could easily go down the same path that she wanted to, but it's this mutual respect for, for each other and knowing that that would hurt our relationship and we both value our relationship. So this idea of knowing what you value, it allows you to make better decisions on a day-to-day basis. And you know, that really ties into then, you know, once you've understand your, your core values and what you care about is getting into this idea of, okay, where is all this going? And, you know, there's a lot of different words you can use for this, but one I like to gravitate towards is a vision, right? A, a vision for where your future is going. And a lot of times people get caught up in uh, just saying like vague things, right? I want national team starter, but they never really think about what that could actually look like. What could that mean for you? What would uh, a day in the life of that person be five years down the road, 10 years down the road? Who's with them? What do they care about? What, what have they done? What have they accomplished? What is that really, you know, create, creating a, as detailed of a future as possible? Because when you think about that, it motivates you, right? Because it's this, that's exciting. That's where I could be in the future. That's where this all could be going. And that's, that's something that pulls you forward rather than this, uh, you know, a lot of times goals are when people set goals, they set goals that are limiting that you can't eat this and you can't do that. And you have to stay to this, but a vision is, is exciting and, and it pulls you forward. And, you know, on the note of uh, regret, there is this actually even more powerful thing that I, I really like to incorporate. And that's this idea of an anti-vision and an anti-vision is so important because, you know, like with regret, you, you can't really know how it feels until you experience it. You can't know what you're going to regret until it happens. And, you know, I can tell you, I can tell an athlete as much as I want that you're going to regret that. You might regret this. Like, this is what I did. Avoid that. But it's hard to really uh, get that to sink in without experiencing it. So this is the closest way to get to that. And that is the taking some time to really think about what would happen if I just kind of kept showing up, right? What would happen if I just, kept doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I, I come to practice, I put my shoes on and I, I, you know, I work hard and I do kind of what everyone else is doing. Well, what's going to happen is eventually people who are doing more than you, who are doing more than just showing up are going to surpass you. And, you know, it's, you need that, that realization of what life could look like five years down the road. If you just stay complacent, if you don't push yourself, if you don't find ways to get a little bit better each day, and having that, seeing what that could look like, and it's not always dramatic. It doesn't always have to be this, you know, you're living on the streets kind of thing. It, it could be just that you look back and you see teammates of yours that went to go to the Olympics and you're sitting on the couch, right? Like that was it for me. If I had seen that going, if someone could have shown that to me, like, hey, this is what that's going to look like. This is what it's going to feel like. That's a motivator because that's, you know, you have that positive emotion, that thing above you, that thing that you're trying to strive for, and you have that negative emotion, which is that thing that essentially you're running away from, right? You have a good analogy I like to point to is, you know, in a race, when you're running against the clock, that's in front of you, right? There's a clock, it's either your best time or someone else's best time. That's really motivating because, you know, you want to beat that. But what's more motivating is when you're in a race against six other people and they're on your tail and they're bearing down. You guys are running for the finish line and they're trying to beat you just as much as you're trying to beat them, right? That thing that's behind you. And when you can have that equal balance of that thing that you're going towards and that thing you don't want, that's where you find a more persistent and more consistent motivation. 
because you know those days where you're like well just showing up is fine you're able you're not as able to justify it you're not able to say like hey this yeah you know it is fine but it's like no like if, if i keep doing this day after day just showing up someone else is getting better than me someone else is doing more than me and i'm losing my starting spot and so that really you know ties into the goals aspect right like once you've established okay this is uh you know this is the vision this is where it's going this is where i could be okay now that i've had that put in place this is where we really get into the goals and i'm gonna have to to quote that you know just it it's more than just showing up for sure man it's it's definitely tomorrow maybe across it you know be like it's more than just showing up (laughs) well it's like it's this question that you can ask yourself of like you know what would the average version of me do today right like what would that person do if they just showed up and said you know i'm just going to be average like what would that person do and then don't do that right like don't like see what that person could be in your mind's eye like see what that person could be and and avoid that and say no like that that's not going to be i'm going to take that extra step i'm going to do that extra rep i'm going to find the way to get better and no matter what it is like in, it's easy in your workout right like find it in your workout but then the challenge is to find it in your in your relationships in your sport in your school in your in how you act as a teammate and how you respond to feedback those extra reps those are harder to find but they're they're worth it dang man that's good that's good what, what would the what would you say what would the average prep will the average version myself do yeah exactly yeah and so kind of kind of close up a little bit. So where people can find, people kind of find more about your website and your social media, the journal, what? Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, the journal, uh, again, is, is really taking these ideas and boiling it down into, okay, if you have goals, now setting your goals and saying, okay, this is, these are the things I want to achieve. How am I going to do that? And this is where the journal really gets a chance to break that down into each day. Right? So it's set up. So in the morning you have a chance to plan and in the evening you have a chance to reflect and that. So what you set up for the day is a really good way to direct your attention, right? Like the, in um, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. You remember Jack Sparrow, he's got that compass, right? Mm-hmm. And that compass points to whatever you want most in the world. And, you know, unfortunately that compass doesn't actually exist in the world that, that we know yet, but our brains have a version of this called a reticular activating system. And this is the part of our brain that directs our attention and filters out unnecessary information, right? It's the reason you can find your car in a, in a parking lot or why you hear your uh, name in a crowded room, right? It, your brain knows what's important and it looks for those things and ignores the other stuff. And what this journal is really designed to is to do is to set your intention each day so that you're looking for opportunities for growth. So you're waking up saying, okay, these are the three things I'm gonna, I know are going to move me towards my goals today, or this is the area I want to improve, the skill I want to improve. Now you start going through your day, you see moments for growth. You see moments for getting better, right? You, you set that intention and you start to see that. And then again, at the end, and the other day is just a chance to review and reflect and, and see how you can get better. And it's just that, that constant part. Like this is the reason business is called daily athletes. It's not just about being an athlete when you feel like it, right? It's about being a daily athlete. Every single day you show up and you, you be that same person that's moving towards that big picture. And all this stuff is, you know, that I talk about is designed to think big picture and then break that down into the smallest components. And so, you know, that's, that's really what it is. But yeah, the journal is, is all, is that, and you can find it on my website, um, which is dailyathlete.ca. And then uh, my website or uh, Instagram is 
the daily athlete and then Facebook is a uh, daily athlete. So that's, that's where I'm at. Uh, I feel free to shoot me a message anytime. Dude, that's what's up, man. Like, I'm like, when, I remember like, like, like when you first reached out, I was like, who is this dude? And this was like, what, like last summer, I think. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, what's he doing? And I, and I kind of just kind of, kind of learning about your process and matter what it's all about. I'm like, man, I wish I had this. And I, I, think, I think now I work out and they just start using this thing to kind of evaluate how am I mentally prepared to work out or stuff like that. So, Yeah, no, I use it every day too. It's, it's it, like there's questions it? in. Sorry? Does your wife use it? Yeah, she uses it too. Yeah, my wife's a professional athlete. She's using it all the time. And it's, uh, I, I got a bunch of national team players using it. They found it incredibly beneficial. It, it's just a way to really, uh, you know, harness that, that daily potential. And, and like you, you just said, like, this is something, the reason I created this is because it's something I wish I had when I was younger. And it's something I wish I could have had to direct my attention. And it's just another resource, another tool in the tool belt at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's a, a way to get off your phone. It's a way to, to focus on the day before you, before you get started with it and to reflect before you, you know, your head hits the pillow. Dude, man, fire. It's more, yeah. People, if you're listening, it's more than just showing up. <laughs> Absolutely. It's more than just showing up and, and it's about, you know, being better than your, your average self. Like that, that's, it's a call to action and that's, we, nobody wants to be average. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes being average. And, you know, it, it's, it's a reminder of that and taking the steps to remind yourself of that is a big part of it. So I would encourage people to really, you know, think about who they are and where they want to go and where they don't want to go probably is more important than anything. It's, you know, where is, what's worst case scenario if you, if you keep kind of just being average, if you don't challenge yourself to be better bit by bit each day. And, you know, that's what I would hope people really can do to themselves. And this journal is a, is a way to, to bring that into their lives and whether they use a journal or not it's it's a mindset it's, it's a way of thinking good man hey Derek thanks, thanks for knowing man and sharing your story and kind of learn more, more, learn more about the journal so we'll talk to you soon and you know. yeah man no thanks for doing for what you're doing it's 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 awesome and um happy to be a part of it and be and growing what we're we're trying to do for athletes here it's it's uh meaningful because you know we know it's something that we would have wanted right at the end of the day so happy to be a part of it Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.